0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Every Child Can Learn. And I'm excited to welcome the host, Phil Maycomer. Phil, how are you? And uh, another exciting episode, for sure. And it's one that we really need to talk about because we miss the boat sometimes as teachers and as parents regarding this, this subject.
1: Yes. Hi, Neil. I'm very excited for the conversation I'm going to be having with a very special guest today, talking about probably one of the biggest problems that we face as educators in education today. So I think we should just kick off with our question.
0: Yeah, and I think it, a lot of this has to do with where technology has gone and how we miss the boat as sometimes as teachers when and this topic, I love it. All right, so here's the question. How can we solve the widespread problem of student disengagement in the classroom, Phil?
1: So lack of student engagement, like I mentioned, is one of the biggest challenges that we face as educators today. And I think whether you're teaching in person or online seems to really make little difference. And from my perspective, there are many possible reasons for students' lack of motivation. It could be trauma, exhaustion, feelings of hopelessness, and the ways students are being taught. Now as teachers, it's difficult to be sure why students are disengaged sometimes unless you ask them directly. And if asked, students will tell you things that make them pull back and share things that you can do to draw them back in. Our guest in this episode, Nona Ullman, is a master of increasing student voice and engagement in the classroom while supporting our hardworking teachers in the process. So how about I tell you about Nona? Nona Ullman is the founder and CEO of two companies, her consulting company, Improve LLC, and her software company, Lesson Loop. Nona's been in the field of education since 1993. She's a veteran, serving as an educator, school district administrator, and management consultant, working with 50 state and local educational agencies in 20 states. And these include, but are not limited to, the New York City Department of Education, Greenwich Public Schools, the states of Texas and New Mexico, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and Complete College America. Nona is a strategic thinker, and it is one reason that I deeply connect with her. She brings a strategic systems level perspective to improving teaching. And my listeners know I love systems. Nona also increases learning, by supporting educators and administrators with more effective ways to document success through technology. In other words, simply put, she provides a way for school districts to know what is working and why. Nona is a true advocate for students and believes in increasing students' voice. Her company, lesson Loop, which I love, 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 uses the transformative power of student voice to assess student engagement. But what is unique is that they do this at the end of each class lesson to provide educators with real-time insights and recommendations of how to improve instruction, to create more active, joyful, nurturing, meaningful, and rigorous class lessons. Nona Ullman believes that everyone's opinion matters in a way that facilitates meaningful change on a daily basis. She simply cannot hide her passion about serving in this capacity in the field of education. I have come up with a math equation for what I feel Nona's Method of success is, which is ask the students plus give teacher tips equals guaranteed student engagement. Nona, I am, if you can't tell, so over the top excited for our conversation in this episode of Every Child Can Learn. Welcome.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here today.
1: Well, you know, Nona, I often say that in order for us to move to solving different problems, we need to really outline what the problem is. So I think what I'd like to do to kick off, if it's okay with you, is to ask if you could list the problems related to student voice and engagement as you see it.
2: I would love to do that. There are two main problems that I believe contribute to the lack of student engagement in school. The first one is that 86% of stored students report being bored in school. And the top reasons that they say they're not engaged are that the materials and teaching methods are not interesting or relevant to them, that there's not sufficient interaction with their classmates or their teachers, and the work is easy, either too easy or too hard. The no, other no.
1: Major, go ahead, yep. Before we go on to the next one, I just would like to comment about that because I see this all the time, boredom for kids. They often are not challenged. They don't understand why they're doing it and the relevance of things. So I think you're spot on about that. What's the second problem?
2: The second major problem is that school districts spend an average of $18,000 per educator per year on professional learning. And there's almost no measurable effect on teaching and learning.
1: Well, it it definitely makes sense. (laughs) $18,000 per teacher, per educator, without knowing if it's affecting what I call their instructional practice, right? So to summarize for our listeners, two main problems boredom of the students and not knowing and having a a reasonable database system about the impact of professional development of our educators, right? That's exactly it. So what's the solution, Nona? How do we reduce non-engagement?
2: I think what's really important is to come up with the why in real time, because we know the vast majority of students aren't engaged. There is a crisis of engagement and we need a solution. Kids don't participate, they don't engage. They may be sitting there quietly in ritual compliance, but they're probably not engaging with the lesson. We believe that the solution is that by surveying students as a formative assessment at the end of a class lesson, educators can set up a more effective feedback loop. So, Would you like me to expand on this, Phil?
1: I would. I'd like to insert before we expand. So basically, it's teach and get feedback. Teach and get feedback from the kids, right? Like that's that real-time piece that you're talking about. It's not teach, 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 then take a look at the grades at the end of the semester, and now let's reflect. That's not what you're talking about, right? That's
2: exactly it. It's getting feedback in time for the students that are in your class now, not at, not for next semester's kids.
1: Yeah, or not even at a parent conference to say, wow, your kid is struggling. Oh, your child doesn't participate in class. It's getting feedback from the kids after directly teaching a lesson, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. What else?
2: So what research shows is that student- Perception surveys when you ask students how they're actually experiencing a class lesson are more predictive of academic outcomes than either principal observations or teacher self-evaluations.
1: So I'd like you to you'd explain that a little bit more in layman language, if you could, for our listeners. I'm, I'm trying to follow that. Yep.
2: So basically, st- when you ask students whether or not they understand the class lesson, They're going to be able to tell you better than anyone else. And they're going to be able to tell you in a way that helps them learn better and achieve better academic outcomes.
1: And just like I said at the kickoff, when Neil asked me this question, if you want to know why your students are disengaged, ask them directly, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So where do we go from here?
2: I want to tell you a story for the purposes of today. And for this one episode, I want to give you a story about an 11 year old that we recently spoke to who took one of our surveys. We asked this New York City public schools student if he would answer a few questions uh, for us. And we asked, would you provide truthful feedback to your teacher when they ask your opinion on how you learn in and that class lesson?
1: And what did the students say?
2: He said, said, I want people to know my opinion and how I think. And these are direct quotes. Whether it's my school, parents, or my friends, I want them to know who I am. He also said, I'm very comfortable giving information about me because my teachers want to help me learn. If my opinion is going to help me, and not just me, but the whole class learn, then I'll give them all the feedback that they need.
1: Wow. So this student wants his opinion to matter i'd like to talk about that for a minute because i too have a story Nona, that i'd like to share with you terrific fourth grader in class at the end of me modeling a lesson i was mentoring and coaching uh, these two classroom teachers they were co-teaching And uh, I was modeling some of the strategies because I truly believe this. And Neil knows this uh, from our years of working together. You have to walk the walk. Like you can't just tell teachers what to do. You need to show them how to do it if you're making recommendations. So I was co-teaching this this writing lesson to model. And afterwards, I said to the students, so I'd like to give you my 3-3 exercise. And the kids are like, what? what is that? And I said, I'd like to talk about the three things that I feel that I did well in this lesson and the three things that I think I should do better the next time I come in here to teach you. And the kids just stopped. And I said, what would you like me to start with? And what do you think they said? the things you want to improve on the next time you come. Because they were, I think that they were just blown away that I was going to say that I didn't do anything totally 100% perfectly, right? That's awesome. That's I know, awesome. isn't it? I love it? it, I love it, yeah. And so then I just did a shout out after I went through my 3-3. Three, three, I did a shout out and I said, so I'd like to ask you, If I were to come back, what are things you'd like to see me doing? If we did another writing lesson, what would it be? And kids started raising their hands. And some kids were being funny and not serious. And other kids really made some really nice suggestions. And then I called on this one boy who was sitting up in the front who didn't have his hand up. And I said, what do you think, Scott? And he looked and he said, I don't usually share my opinion because it doesn't really matter. And I said, why would you say that? And he said, because no one ever asks me. No teacher ever asks me. And it supports what you're saying, Nona, right? That we need to make sure that students not only add value, but they Feel value that their opinion is of value. So I just love the work that you're doing with these surveys.
2: Thank you. Thank you. It really matters.
1: Yeah, it does matter. And again, st- students being truthful, like you, that was your word, and I loved that. Are you being willing to be truthful in the surveys and opinions? So so how can we measure engagement then? I'm trying to like have a visual in my brain for that.
2: Well, our overall definition and you referred to it earlier on in the podcast is that engaged students are actively learning knowledge and skills, they're interacting in a supportive and meaningful way with others and the class content, and they're experiencing excitement, interest, and joy during learning. And I think a lot of the reason that teachers come to the profession is they want to create this joy and excitement over learning and develop those relationships with their students. And so we're trying to measure the best of what a class lesson can be. And we break this into nine categories that are linked to learning science in areas such as emotional, social, and cognitive engagement.
1: That's great. So could you share what the nine areas are?
2: Yeah, the nine areas are emotional, social, cognitive, lesson design, content accessibility, um, and... uh, uh, we also ask a free response and we allow teachers oh. to ask for custom questions.
1: Oh, man. Nice. And then we
2: have self-regulation and mitigating factors as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Self-regulation is extremely important. Yeah.
2: So... Those were the nine. <laughs> I think I mentioned technology. So if I didn't, I'm throwing that one in there too.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I like that there is a controlled set like you said oh there are nine things my initial reaction to that was that's doable right if that's not overwhelming right right we generally
2: teachers we allow teachers to issue one category at a time all nine categories takes about 10 minutes or you can just do one category at a time
1: yeah you know it's funny you mentioned that Nona because I was going to ask how long does one of the nine take and I'm sure that that varies depending on which one that you would be uh surveying. But on average, like you said, uh, could you repeat that time again? It's about
2: one minute per category.
1: One minute per category. Okay. That's a very reasonable amount of time. Um, So why does this matter? Like to kids, do you think?
2: Well, it matters to both students and teachers. First of all, in terms of students, students in more engaging classrooms learn more on average, about four and a half months more of math than students in less engaging classrooms. And it makes sense. If students are engaged in their learning, they're gonna learn. If they're not engaged, they're not gonna learn. But the research proves you learn a lot more if you're in a more engaging class. Also, once students realize they have a voice in their learning, they're going to take greater ownership over their learning.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree with you.
2: And the third reason is, students really want their teachers to like them. There was an article in New York Times last week that talked about how relationships are really the key to happiness. And both from the teacher side to the student and the student to the teacher, um, you want that to be a nurturing, collaborative, warm environment. Because if students don't feel they're cared for, they have that fight or flight kind of response and they shut down. So there needs to be this nurturing relationship um, where students feel that their teachers care about them.
1: Yeah, you know, that's very, very true. And I think also students like teachers who like their job. And, you know, I remember a student saying to me, uh, most of the kids when I come in, in my mentoring and coaching program will call me Miss Phil. And a student had come up to me at the end of uh, this lesson and said, Miss Phil, you really love your job. And I looked and I said, I really do, Hannah. Why would you say that? And you said, you're always so happy to be here. It's and nice. it it is. Kids pick up on your energy. They also pick up on your confidence, right? Yeah. And so all of that is very important. And just like you said, reading the New York Times article that kids want to be liked by their teacher. And don't you think, Nona, that gives them a sense of belonging in their classroom community?
2: Absolutely. And they want to feel that belonging among their their, their, their their um, the other students for the teacher within the school, within the community. I think it's an innate feeling of wanting to feel a sense of belonging for all human beings.
1: That's right. That's right. So we talked about why this matters to kids. Why does this matter to our teachers?
2: Well, first of all, teachers want their students to learn and there's been, because of COVID, there's been a big learning loss. And so there needs to be um, some catch up and um, students who are more engaged are gonna learn more as the research shows. So first of all, if you create a more engaging lesson, kids are gonna learn more. Um, Second of all, I think we all know as parents that you're only as happy as your least happy child. And oftentimes (laughs) the burnout that teachers are feeling um, after COVID as first responders, and um, that basically if you have five disengaged or unhappy kids in your classroom, it's draining on you. And if you can capture them and re-energize the students, you're going to re-energize the teachers as well.
1: So Nona, this is a perfect time for me to do a shout out to Neil, who is the parent of six children, and also was an educator. So Neil, from the parent perspective, when your kids, for example, would come home from school and not be engaged talking about what happened in school, how does that make you feel as a parent?
0: It's not its not the greatest thing because, you know, they're not talking about the subject matters and you have those conversations with them about how did you, how the school go? And they just pretty, uh nothing much. And, and I would always talk to students I would tutor as well. I'd hear that all the time about, so how was school, um, really nothing. And just uh, you know a few little complaints, but really not explaining things that really they enjoyed, like the two teachers that you two are, today bringing those stories. And the students that I taught for X amount of years and how they probably brought stories back to their parents about some of the amazing things I did in the classroom when I was a classroom teacher so i think that the ultimate thing is if you are just teaching and your students are sitting down and they really are not active participants in the classroom and they're not engaged and really providing the opportunity to want to learn and be there giving feedback and to being involved in the lesson you really are missing out because a lot of kids especially when we're talking middle school and high school are just sitting on their hands the whole day taking notes and really not building any, uh, they're not learning in the classroom the way that you need to actively learn, as we know through study, Phil, to be actively engaged in the classroom. So if I would tell the stories about the job as teachers, teachers, if you're talking 80, 90% of the time and your students are not involved and you're not engaged with them, you're not going to have active learners and you're not going to see kids actively learning in the classroom.
1: And also, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, Neil. And uh, so many times when I get feedback from students in the lessons that I'm uh, modeling, they will say, I love that we all had jobs to do in the lesson, Miss Phil. And come right, like coming up with a job chart, like who are the lead teachers? Who is going to do the swiping on the, the touch tablet? Or who is going to be able to review what our learning targets are? Um, who's going to be uh, adding images, you know, for this, this, and this? Who's our image team? Who's our illustration team? That just like Neil had said, and just like you're saying, Nona, that one asking students, you know, kids will volunteer for jobs if they know what the jobs are and are given the opportunity to participate. Right. So creating that kind of environment. So I have a final question for you, Nona, um, related to the surveys. Right. How do you know what questions to ask? Because I bet our listeners are probably saying, oh, well, across all these different categories, how do you even narrow down the questions to ask the kids?
2: That's a great question. We worked with the professor from Purdue, Dr. Marsha Dixon, whose research is primarily on the area of student engagement. And with her, we reviewed all of the literature on student engagement. The first thing we realized is that there is no national consensus on how to measure student engagement. But we did learn that there are some very specific instructional strategies that research has proved improve engagement. For example, the one that Neil had just mentioned and you had mentioned about active learning which is anything other than passively listening to your teacher. So any kind of active learning, whether it's making something or researching or small group discussion or project-based learning has been shown to improve student learning more than passive learning. So what we did is we built questions around the most effective research-based teaching strategies and then we worded them in a way that students could answer based on how they experienced a class lesson. So for example, we'd say, did you experience active learning in the classroom or anything other than passively listening? That would be for grades six to 12, for grades three to five, it would be, did someone in the class lesson speak other than the teacher?
1: Um, (laughs) That's great. I love that example, Nona, like spot on. Thank you. That (laughs) It's like, okay, for the younger kids, we do it this way. For the older kids, we do it this way, but it's the same type of question, right? Yeah. Yeah. And And then we
2: can be an expert jury, the administrators, teachers, and students to review all of the questions for clarity. We pilot tested them um, with students uh, and then we tested them for reliability and validity, and we grouped them into these um, categories and made sure that all the questions were measuring the same construct within each
1: category. Wonderful, wonderful. So what I would like to do is to go back to what I how I introduced you to say that all of this really hard work and all of this research and collaboration is available to educators and administrators to be able to do these surveys in a resource called Lesson Loop. Now, my listeners know that I am not here selling products on my podcast. This requires your attention to take a look at because it's it solves one of the biggest problems in education student disengagement by asking kids developmentally appropriate questions across many different components of instruction and so how can people find out more about lesson loop nona
2: well they can go to our website at www. Lesson loop. It's all one word, L E S S O N L O O P dot org. That's probably the best way.
1: Wonderful. Now, before we end, when you we talked about two problems at the beginning of the podcast, the non-engagement of the kids being bored, but then we also talked about professional development. In our remaining minutes of this episode, would you like to comment about how to solve the professional development issue?
2: Yeah, I would, thank you. Our big insight really, after 30 years in the business, working with students, working in education as a teacher, an administrator, a management consultant, the key insight that I had is that student feedback needs to connect to the professional learning. And that's why we created lesson loop is to bridge the gap and to have student voice, how students experience a class lesson, drive professional learning for teachers.
1: Yeah. And you know, I want to go back to that math equation that I mentioned, because I truly believe. The body of your work and contribution is ask the students plus give teacher tips, because within this, that's what we're talking about is now let's solve some of this by giving teachers more in their bag of tricks. Right. Equals guaranteed student engagement. And I would love in a future episode, Nona, for us to just focus on instructional tips for our listeners. So I would love to have you back at another time to be able to dive in deep with specifics on that component.
2: I would love to go back. Thank you so much, Phil. This has been terrific.
1: Well, your contribution was great to Every Child Can Learn. And Neil, I'm thrilled about addressing this problem of student engagement, because we are at such a critical time in education of needing to no longer just talk about all of these problems. We really need to solve them.
0: We definitely need to solve them. And it's exciting, the the projects that you have coming up, Phil, to help people in so many ways and help teachers and help parents administrators, everyone, as again, the mission of what I started 13 years ago with an education show to now, you know, producing this podcast and co-hosting with you to see that there's such a need still. And we have to really value how important education is and everything in our lives. Education is part of our life. And we need to really value our teachers give them the resources, and really have every child learn, as you said, in your motto. And where could people find info on you, Phil? Where's the best place?
1: On my website, which is aboutthepact.com. That's about, A-B-O-U-T, the, T-H-E, PACT, P-A-C-T, dot com, aboutthepact.com. And people could reach out to me on social media, on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter.
0: All right. That was a great episode of Every Child Can Learn, guys. Take care.
2: Thanks so much.